गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णुर्गुरुदेव महेश्वर गुरु साक्षात्ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम आई बाव टू दैट वन लॉर्ड इन ओ हिज फॉर्म्स आई बाव टू हिम इन यू टुडे आई वुड लाइक टू रीड फ्रॉम द बुक Conversations with Yogananda. Something about my guru's practice when he came to his guru. The master told us when he first came to Sri Yogeshwar's ashram, he would keep his mind and gaze focused at the point between the eyebrows as much as possible. If you want to make very rapid progress on the spiritual path, he used to tell us. Keep your mind always centered there. This practice must be joined to, however, and supported by the heart's devotion. For concentration at the spiritual eye, which is known as the, the Agnya Chakra, develops great willpower, but it can also make one ruthless if it is not combined with the heart's love. When willpower is combined with love, great joy. is the consequence it's a very interesting fact that the different there is different centers in the body where very where different states of consciousness are focused and can be developed if we concentrate on them the chakras in the spine are really centers of consciousness the set, the chakra in the heart the uh, behind the anahat in the anahat chakra behind the hridaya or the physical heart is a center of love it's not enough many many devotees concentrate only in the heart but the trouble is that although you can feel great cleanness and joy and sweetness in the heart the energy from the heart can go either up or down you need to give it a direction otherwise it it uh, easily can fall into temptations or other a uh, more worldly consciousness you see the lower three chakras the muladhar and uh, the manipur is the center one and the swadhisthan is that it? i keep forgetting uh the swadhisthan is right a friend of mine here tells me so i sometimes i get these words mixed up because my guru taught them in english and latin because we lived in america he called it the sacral chakra So anyway these three are the lower chakras in the spine and they are attached to material consciousness spiritual consciousness begins in the heart but it must be lifted it must be directed upwards in order to uh, become free in the vishuddha uh, chakra opposite the throat there is a great sense of expansion and calmness and in the anahat chakra which is really a reflection of the uh energy in the medulla medulla this is the positive side this is where you find super consciousness ecstasy and willpower now the two together especially the heart and the agnya chakra when they work together that is what brings you the greatest sense of inner freedom and enlightenment you know it's very interesting that vishuddha chakra in the opposite the throat 
it's more difficult to feel the energy there. There's a certain expansion. Years ago, I was making a recording in San Francisco, and the song I was recording was Sri Ram. Uh, it was Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram Om. Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram Om. And I was singing it, and I, it was being recorded technically well. But suddenly, as I came to the end of it, I felt my energy center itself deeply in the uh, Vishuddha chakra opposite the throat. And I felt as I was singing this great sense of expansion, I said to the sound engineer, all right, let's do it again. He said, what do you mean? That was perfect. I said, no, there's something else. And so I did it again. He couldn't tell the difference, but I could hear it. And an interesting thing was, uh, sometime later, a friend of mine, she had a two-year-old son. And... Uh, the son once, she was, she was scolding the little son for something, and he used to like to listen to this recording. So when she, got, she was scolding him, and she was a bit angry, he looked up, up at her sort of as if reproachfully and said, Sri Ram, Jai Ram. She was, he was trying to remind her of that peace that he felt while listening to that. Well, it did have, that recording does have, a sense of expansive peace. You will find that your consciousness, when you do things from this center, it's an expansive one and brings calmness to whatever you do. But uh, this is a more difficult one to feel. The heart chakra is the center where, if it's restless, then it creates emotions. And you'll see that when somebody is very upset or very unhappy, his hand often automatically goes to the heart. A young swain, um, if he's disappointed in love, will never say, I feel a, I have a broken knee, but he may say, I feel as though my heart were broken, because you can feel an intense pain here uh, when that happens. When the feelings are affected, this in the heart is where you feel it. Now, the way to transmute that is to direct all of that energy upward toward the spine. In the um, Srimad Bhagavatam, it says, imagine the heart as a lotus, and then deliberately turn all its petals upward toward the brain. And then if you can focus those, that energy coming from those upturned petals, focus it here in the spiritual eye, then you will find that there is a real power that develops. Now, you can't do that if you're talking all the time. You can't do that if you're restless all the time. My guru in his, uh, in his, in his guru's ashram was uh, mostly by himself. He didn't enter into a lot of conversation and so on. He, he told us jokingly about this fellow disciple who, instead of meditating in the evenings, he would just go to sleep and he would say, Nidra Samadhi Siddhi, sleep too as a kind of samadhi, and he just drift off. Well, but it's counterfeit samadhi. My guru would sit there, no matter how tired his body was, and try to meditate, and then go into deep ecstasy. One time he had a very, he gave himself a very big job of feeding many people, poor people, and he had to go around and collect the food, first of all, he, tried, he had to collect money, 
Then he began to cook for all these people. And of course, when people saw things happening, they also gave money so they were able to buy more food. They ended up feeding, I think it was 2,000 people that day. It was for him very strenuous work. He was still a boy. But then at the end of that day, his mind said to him, well, now this is one day I, I, I don't, I have a good reason not to meditate. And then Satan, uh, he could hear the satanic voice in his mind sort of endorsing that lazy feeling, saying, poor boy, let him sleep, poor boy, he's worked so hard. And partly because I think my guru knew that was Satan, but he just said all things, and he sat up and he said, I'm going to meditate. Well, he sat there for a little while, and then all of a sudden, he went into ecstasy and stayed that way all night. Now, that doesn't come to everybody by all means, by any means. But if you try, you will see that bit by bit, you will develop more and more strength so that that joy will always be with you, and that even when you're tired, you can feel the divine blessings in yourself, and you can know that God is there, and you may not go into ecstasy, but a very good rule in life is to just tell yourself that I won't go to sleep until I can feel something of that joy in myself. Now, the... Christ center, as it's called in, in Western terminology, or the spiritual eye, the Agnya Chakra, it's not really this forehead, it's behind the forehead in the, in the frontal lobe of the brain. And it's in this part of the brain, which is why they speak of it behind, being behind the uh, point between the eyebrows. But the more you can keep your mind there, the more you will find not only the willpower to get done what you have to do, but another good practice is that anytime you feel any kind of joy or pleasure, imagine that you're feeling it here. So that even if somebody is uh, playing beautiful music, imagine that you're hearing it here. My guru, when he cooked, would taste the food here. And he could flavor it like that without tasting it or anything. And I must say he was a great cook. But the thing is that if you will, in your work and in your activities, just always refer everything back here. You see, the difference between a master and a worldly person is this, that the worldly person can directs all his actions from back here. The medulla oblongata at the base of the brain is the seat of ego in the body. And the more you um, allow your ego to become an important part of you. For example, if somebody flatters you, you sort of automatically you show by your head movement that you have taken it personally. Or if somebody's proud, they say he looks down his nose. It isn't his nose he's looking down, it's that there's energy gathered back here pulling his head back. This center of ego is the point from which ordinary unenlightened people do everything. That ego is also a great obstacle to creative work because as long as you think I'm doing it, you will find that you don't do it well. There's always uh, a diminution of your inspiration. You can't have true inspiration as long as you're taking it to yourself. One Swami was saying to me recently, how do I get rid of the 
thought of people looking up to me and asking me for advice and thinking I'm their guru. And I tell them I'm not. I know that uh, uh, I, I don't want that. And yet, how do I get rid of it? I said to him, why don't you simply try this? Don't think in terms of what you're getting. Think in terms of what you're giving. When you give from this center outward and direct it here, then there isn't ego. But when you take, there is. So you find that uh, a master, well, I don't know if you've found, but I've seen what the guru did. It was always from this center. You could feel that. There was never any ego there. There was just truth, rightness justice. It was all centered here, but it was also tempered with love in the heart. So whatever you do, always try to send the energy forward to the point between the eyebrows. You notice that in all countries, to express humility, to express respect and reverence for others, always it's somehow connected with a bow. The bow Really what a bow does is release the energy, or its intention is to release the energy back here. Instinctively, people are wiser than they know. Instinctively, they offer themselves when they bow from this center to this center. But because they do it unconsciously, they only get some of the benefit. It will help you to really directly concentrate here. You can think of the energy as coming up the spine and being centered here. And as you breathe even, you can watch the breath coming up the spine, being centered here, going down and gathering more strength and coming up here. Another good practice is to inhale deeply and count to, let's say, 20, 25, holding the breath and focusing all your breath and consciousness at the point between the eyebrows. Exhale, then inhale again, hold it here for a longer period, and then let go. Then up to 45 or more, focus that energy here. You will see that that will help very much to focus it. Another thing is a good practice, too. Exhale completely, and then say, Om Tat Sat, Om Tat Sat, Om Tat Sat. Repeat that mantra, which has power. Repeat it at this point. That will help to develop that, that concentration there. Also, it will help you to have any thought that you want, um, anything that you want, if you want willpower, or if you want to accomplish some goal or something, focus it here, and then feel that you're rotating that thought of success, of power, of concentration, rotating it like the simplest atom is the hydrogen atom. Just one nucleus and a uh, molecule or whatever, electron going around it. Focus that here and feel that that one thought is going around your center. You can develop tremendous willpower by that simple practice. Just say, I will. I want, I am strong. Affirmations can be a very good thing when you are unwell. Say, I am well and put your mind strongly here. Years ago, when I was 19, I was in Mexico City. My parents were in Romania because my father was posted there as a, an attache for, attache for the U.S. government after the war. And uh, I came down with all kinds of things, streptococcus, tonsillitis, dysentery. And uh, I was so ill I couldn't even go see a doctor. But finally, 
After three days, I was at least well enough to see a doctor. And when he examined me, he said, you have to go to the hospital immediately. So I went, and he told me I'd be there at least two weeks. I might as well forget about getting out earlier. Well, um, trouble is, I didn't have any money. I made a few discreet inquiries, and I found that I couldn't possibly afford to be in the hospital that long. I could have always written to my uncle, but I didn't like doing that. And my parents had left money there for me, but I, I, I've always liked to be independent. So I decided I had another recourse, and I would try that one. I said, I just choose to be well. You know, within two days, I was out of that hospital perfectly well, also perfectly stupid. There I was, 19 years old, not very wise, and the first thing I did was go out and have a banana split. Not the sort of thing you should do when you're just recovering from dysentery, but, um, well, at 19 you can do many things, and so I was perfectly well, actually. But the thing is that I learned that it's not just my willpower, it's my willpower united with his light. It's my willpower united with his willpower and his love. This is what gives the greatest success. That's why the heart's energy is needed when you direct the energy up to here and then ask God to help you. This is the broadcasting station. The heart is the receiving set. And when you call to God, call to Guru, and then seek to receive the answer in your heart chakra, you will see that that energy comes down and floods you. Thy light shines within us if we will only invite it to and allow it to. Joy to you. Thy light within us shining has shone where freedom lies from earthly walls confining to soaring spirit skies how oft like sheep we've strayed apart now guided by thy ray in inner freedom of the heart our night has turned to day thy light within us shining as Sheep we've strayed apart, now God.